Seven of the Safe Tribble Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, the HBO's week HBO's weekly historical fantasy horror series. And this is the Black Tribble's review of said series. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by this lovely lady right there. Hey, it's your favorite good ghoul gone bad. I'm Gabe the Horror Tribble talking spooky stuff like Lovecraft and space travel and dimensions. (laughs) (laughs) And traveling with us through those dimensions, we have this guy. The man, the myth, the legend, Master Tribble, E-Mac. You already know who it is. You know what I do. You don't need nothing else when you're packing a Mac in the back of the act or your spaceship. And he says you don't need nothing else, but I say you still need one more thing, and that is her. What's up, good people? It's your friendly neighborhood comic and coffee slinger, your girl, the Amalgam Tribble, a.k.a. Uncanny Tribble, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy Tribble. Show up. In the building. (laughs) In the spaceship, in space, in time. And our show, I was about to say, our show would not be complete without our little mascot, but (laughs) Eric walked her away. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to give her the special introduction she was waiting for, but uh, he walked away. So, Um, but nevertheless, we are here to review, ladies and gentlemen, episode seven of Lovecraft Country, titled I am written by Misha Green and Shanna Houston and directed by Charlotte Sealing in this episode Hippolyta and I will call her that because that's what she called herself so that's that's her name uh Hippolyta's relentless search for answers takes her on a multi-dimensional journey of self-discovery as Atticus heads to St. Louis to consult an old family friend. This was an episode that got a lot of people in their feels. So let's turn things over to our lovely hosts, Gabe and Ariel. Get us started. What say you of Lovecraft Country? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, I so uh, <laughs> Hippolyta, uh, Hippolyta, her story in the book is is my favorite. And I, I was like, definitely, this was the one I was looking forward to. Um, it's very, very different uh, <laughs> than. The, oh, OK, I was curious about that. Mm-hmm, it's incredibly different. But I, I did like it was pleasant. Like it was nice to watch because I felt like it was like a whole new kind of story with similar characters that I I was used to. So I didn't feel like it took away. Um, And in fact, like I think it fits so much more in this world that they've been crafting, like the, the, the visual world, than the, like if you try to put that, the one that was from the book in here, it would make no sense. People would be like, okay, why? Because there's like characters that are hinted in it. Um, They would have had to kind of like rewrite some ties together. Um, And I, yeah, I enjoy that. I think it kind of, so because I missed last week, I had to be, I binged both. So I watched the one from last week and this one. And I felt like we, we spent that whole episode in Korea and all that time. And then I kind of felt like we didn't get a whole episode this time. Like the last 30 minutes were, were Hippolyta's story and then we were playing catch up with everyone else, which is like, I, I kind of wanted to know what people were doing, but I also like wanted to spend more time with her. And I feel like at least in the beginning with her um, uh, getting the, what is it called? Orrery and all of that. Right. Like that felt rushed. Like it was just like, she's in the house. Now she knows the Orrery does this thing. Now she has a key. And it's like intermittent, 
between like everyone's emotional affairs and i was like can i just get to her being in time travel and dimensions like can i see her with some aliens yet or (laughs) okay yeah 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 i i feel like this episode might actually be my least favorite overall so far Hmm. because i thought it was boring but for that very reason it's like the last 30 minutes you know i'm i'm sitting like watching everything like this from the moment she's really for me the moment she's with um josephine baker Mm -hmm. and then everything that happens from that point on but because so much of the episode that was supposed to be about her was playing catch up with everybody else it just broke everything up in a way i feel like i could never get into a good stride with the story mm. and it, and so it was hard for me i felt, found myself kind of not paying attention at times like paying attention like knowing what's going on but not being enthralled like i usually am when watching this and i thought again i didn't think too much of it the first time because i'm always a little shaky on episodes the first time i watch them but it's that second time that it just it's just like things start clicking but i didn't get those feelings at any point really in the episode except you know, those last 30 minutes where we get to really be with her. And I think it is very, it is very different than the, the book. In the book, you get more time with the device, like specifically with the, the machine mm-hmm. to understand. And, and in the book, it's, it's very clearly taking you to other worlds. Like it's like other, other planets, but okay. I, it's, it's like, it's other worlds, but it's also other planets. It's not just like, oh, we're going to, it's not like multiverse where there's a million different Earths. She was actually on a different planet in the book where they make it seem like in this story, it's like, no, it's just the multi-world theory where there's multiple Earths. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, I don't know, but I think I liked in the book that you got more time with the machine. Like even her, um, the montage of her doing the calculations to show like she really is like a, a science head, a space head. Like it's not just something she thinks about every once in a while. It's like she knows, you know, the math and and she's um, obviously competent. But it, that all felt rushed. And I felt like if this is her episode, we should have had more time for that to play out, not it just be this rushed montage, you know, so mm. that we can, um, you know, look at Tick's birthmark or whatever. Like, we could have put that in a different episode. But since I brought up the birthmark, that old lady has has joined the church of Jonathan Freeman because she definitely looked at him like... <laughs> like I, I feel like she was like, keep your face neutral. Keep it neutral. Because he's, he's, he's too young. Keep it neutral. But anyway, side note. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, of, of rush. There's also some continuity things that were strange, um, you know, with the with uh, her uh, Hippolyta being in Woody. And then they're like coming to, to they're like, we need your car. And she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, this ain't your car. And I love that she was just like, back up. Like, Tick, this is not right. all about you. And like, I it would have been nice if like from there we just get to her story and it wasn't all about him but it still kind of was about him but like the fact that he could just hop on like i don't know where his house was but in relation to the bus stop but then he got to the bus stop he gets to the place he gets to that lady and meanwhile he like comes through the door <laughs> gets to kansas immediately yes, on the wings of hermes yeah. i'm yo all right so i'm glad we're here now how my man was in st louis St. Louis and Chicago, three-hour ride. Okay. St. Louis to uh, Mayfield, Missouri. Kansas. Kansas. Mayfield, Kansas. Right. That's where the, the, the planetarium or whatever the, yeah. the telescope was. Right. And he got there in five minutes on foot. <laughs> Ain't no bus get him there that quick. My man was out. He got the call from Letty and was gone. You and he ain't got magic yet? He got yeah. something. You know what? My man got I, a hoverboard. He was there. I assume that he borrowed the old woman's car. That is that was my assumption. Though I'm going to agree that continuity it was crazy, but I just said maybe he brought, yeah. brought that lady's car. That was so like why not? I mean, we were traveling through dimensions, and I was like, this is the most unbelievable thing. <laughs> I was like, this is where I'm putting. Right. I'm like, that's it for me. I'm done with that. And like, like I get it, but especially a show that has been so adamant about how dangerous it is for people of color to be traveling at night. He just get in a car drive all the across the states to get to this to get this in just in time i feel like i think 
Hippolyta would have been okay if he hadn't showed up. I I do like there is that like something happened to him too because now we have the book of the show's right. name that he now has and it's like what's going on there um, by George Freeman. George. I was like, uh, no, that's by Matt Ruff, actually. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I was like, so that's that's a whole different element that never existed before. Um, I, there's also like, you know, some exciting things with what happened in there, um, you know, with her holding George's hand where I was like, oh, my God, is this happening? Is this how he gets resurrected? Is this how we get George back? Uh, and some of those things. But I think like. Some of the parts in the beginning weren't a total waste. I just do feel like, like, kind of sad that we had a whole episode that was in Korea and we had her whole Judy Garland thing and it was beautiful and I really enjoyed the episode. Um, but it was a whole episode about that that I didn't feel like really needed to be a whole episode about that because it didn't really give me a lot of answers. And then to have this where we rush through, like, uh, Ruby's kind of interaction about William, like, we don't really get a full... Like, we get some quips and some aggravation from her of, like, you know, <laughs> like, oh, and you fucked me, so let's talk about that. And then we didn't. We didn't talk about that. Um, and then, like, it just felt like a lot of those emotional things were rushed. Even just Tick finding out about his dad and, and kind of word vomiting out what we already knew, which was, like, you know, he's upset not because his dad is gay, but because he has clearly been projecting uh, and and kind of you know harming him on these different pre like pretenses uh but that was like i mean even the fact that he was like and then he beat my ass and then he beat my like he it's like he is it's like the abuse of mm -hmm. it and um and it's it's one of those things and i guess and then we we get some tears uh which we were talking about earlier but i feel like well show ain't a show if tick don't cry we know that apparently but i i did I, I did appreciate that moment because of, you realize how deep how deep it is for him. It's not just like, oh, my dad was an asshole, whatever. I, you know, I just can't I can't stand him, whatever. But it, it's like it's something that he clearly sits with daily. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was again, it was cool that we got that moment. But I feel like the, all of those moments could have been in another in another episode. Like they did not have to take away from the story that I really wanted to see and the story that you told me I was getting on the previous last, yeah. you know, last episode. So I'm thinking we're going to be with her, you know, the entire time. Um, but another continuity thing that kind of stuck out for me is that we know, uh, you know, that Hippolyta, uh, you know, takes Diana and they go to Artem, Artem. but the fact right. that they get Artem. Yeah. But the fact that they get to Artem, but it's like, so did you not come in contact with the monsters or by the time you were in Artem was it daytime? So those monsters weren't out because they're light sensitive. But and what about the, that the, town, the, what, <laughs> that town and the sheriff? Like, yeah. So even if you got to exactly. even if you got to Artem and Artem's done because the brave whites aren't there anymore, that still doesn't explain like the rest of the town. So and the fact that it was just her and Diana that made that trip, that didn't make any sense either to me. Yeah. And that you just. Well, so I Okay. I, I mean, I feel like she got an easy ride. Like, if, if you compare these two road trips, Hippolyta's got the smoothest ride ever. And that's and that's not consistent. Well, I was expecting a little more trouble on the road. I thought that biker was going to be a problem. Was, and I'm like, wait. That, that's Bessie. All right, it was just another sister just going for a Sunday ride. She had, like, had a nice little ride. Singing in French and shit. The sound and music soundtrack bumping in the background. I'm like, no, this is a very different road trip than what I'm used to seeing on this goddamn show. This ain't well, hold right. up, hold up. Hold, hold. Now, I don't want her to be accosted and shit, but that ain't fucking hold consistent. The, hold the fuck up. Hold, f f pump your brakes, all right? Now, first, first of all, I want to catch up. Everybody that's watching us on YouTube and Facebook, shout out to everybody. Melissa G, um, watching all the way from the Netherlands, says that she really wanted more of Hippolyta's story um, in regards to... Tick showing up in Kansas so quick. George Carmona says he took the magic elevator. Um, uh, uh, v says that maybe he took an Uber. Um, uh, let's see. Aaron Fry says that the Tick and his father's confrontation was very deep. We'll def definitely talk about uh, about that. And and Deb said let's not forget Letty's embryo giving her visions. We'll also definitely talk about that. In regards to 
I agree about the whole car thing, Tick showing up. And I looked it up. To drive from Mayfield, Kansas to St. Louis today is se- it's seven hours. It, 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 according to yeah. me, it looks like it's seven hours. So it, now I'd have given them a pass if when you saw Tick on the phone with Letty, it was daylight where he was. And then maybe he mm-hmm. shows up at by nighttime, you know, where when um, Hippolyta shows up at the, at the planetarium joint. I'd have given him a pass there, but you didn't have that. So I'm just going to chalk this up to, you know, they it, it's HBO time. The same thing happens in Game of Thrones. The same thing happens sometimes in Watchmen, too, if you really paid attention. So it's something that happens in HBOville. So I'm not I, I'm not going to. I don't know. People was a lot late on Game of Thrones. Many people were late. <laughs> It wasn't that many people that's on time in the nick of time. I don't know. In the Game, in the, of in Game of Thrones, man, some once or twice. Game of Thrones, sometimes they would leave they would leave Winterfell and they'd be at the wall by the next commercial break. I'd be like, yo, dog. Like it took y'all like a month before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it took y'all a whole season before. Well, it's like, because they had to discover overnight. it. No, no, no. The wall's like overnight. No, they that's have to discover ride. it because then they can fast travel. So it's like the first time takes a while. That, once you yeah, unlock it, then you, just, you go there you know, a lot quicker. Get to your menu, you get there real quick. Yeah. There you go. But in regards to her, 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 her ride and her driving through the town, the difference, the one thing, the one allowance I'll give for her ride being shown as a little bit smoother is one because you don't want to go through the same beats of her being accosted. You just don't want to go through those same beats of black people getting accosted. You want to get straight to the story. So that, that's just a storytelling. But they didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put holes in your theory. Well, they, but you, you didn't see her being accosted on the road. That's what I'm saying. You, but you, you know what? And I guess here's the thing. And there was a I mean, and I guess this is just kind of a right around, but it's something that's in the book. In the book, one of the things that uh, in the book is Caleb, so Christina did is enchant the car. Mm-hmm. So like that, there was there was a specific storyline thread in the book that the, the car was enchanted. So it has um, what is it? Not immunity, or is that what she called it for the car? I don't remember what or she called, called it. I don't remember what it's. I called. don't remember what they called it. But basically, if you were in the car, it's almost like you're invisible. Mm-hmm. You're invisible to anyone that would cause you trouble. So you just you can speed by police, and it's almost like they see you as a shadow of something mm-hmm. that's not really there. Right. And and it's like they could have they could have thrown that in, and then I think then it, it makes it more believable because I mean since that initial. Um, uh, episode one, two, where they're, you know, going to Artem. I mean, I feel like there have been a couple times in the car where driving got a little wild. Even when um, they, Hippolyta gets up and is like, how are they already back in Chicago? And then she spins around because she starts on her trip to Artem in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like, so same same thing that they did. And, and again, so I feel like if you would have just kind of just put that in there, then it's like, oh, it makes sense that she wouldn't have had any issues and you don't really have to show it because you understand that the car is charmed. But they didn't do that in, in the, the the show. Somebody proposes that maybe Hippolyta didn't have trouble because she wasn't trouble, meaning she doesn't attract the that kind of attention. As such, her trip was smooth. I I, I, don't, I don't know. And maybe, maybe you could, you know, pick a nit about her not running into them not showing her running into any type of trouble on the road and so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that at the end of the day it didn't bother me because um, I was willing to just go with Ace. Hey, she helps write the guide she knows how to drive where to drive what roads to take or whatever and even then I wasn't even caring about it because I actually just got lost in her being on the road and this road of the discovery that she was on for answers and ultimately for discovery for herself um to your point e when she is riding down the road and sees that motorcyclist go by her who's a very famous motorcyclist i should let you be known uh she is actually bessie stringfield who uh is a popular motorcyclist from from that time so much so that there actually was a book 
written uh, about her two books, uh, actually, Fast Enough, Bessie Stringfield's First Ride, and Bessie Stringfield, Tales of the Talented Tenth, both of these books by Joel Christian Gill, and um, both of them available for you, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to a Malcolm Coffee and Coffee House, go to AmalgamPhilly.com and uh, order those great books. Amalgam Coffee and Coffee House, Len. I'm about to say, what happened to the comics? You got rid of the comics? It's just coffee and coffee now, huh? Oh. Just no more comics? The comics is done? I thought you was a comic advocate. I thought you was a comic guru. I thought comics was your jam. Now you're going to cut the comics out? What's a album without comics? What you doing, Bats? What's that about? <laughs> Thanks. I thought that was your... Thank you. Okay, thank you. She appreciates it. She likes it. Thank you. It ain't for me. You know, comics ain't my shit. I don't give no... <laughs> Okay? It ain't about me, oh, but my girl, though. <laughs> she needs those, all right? All the comics, my man. All the comics. All these, all those. Right here. Holla at Yeah. Oh, my God. So go to AmalgamPhilly.com and uh, uh, get Bessie Stringfield's uh, comics by jo- Joel Gill. So, uh, so I actually got lost in just that beautiful moment of her watching another black woman experience a freedom that is oft times unheard of um, and seldom seen in these times. So I appreciated that visage for what it was. And uh, then it, it took it away from the, the show took me away. I also appreciated that last week was a little bit of a breather. So we went to Korea. They filled in some gaps from 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 before with uh, Tick and in his time in Korea. I appreciated that. And then this episode, they kind of catch you up on everybody. They catch you up on Ruby. They also catch you up on Ruby and Letty, having letting them to have a, um, you know, a meeting of the minds that was long in coming. Um, you see Letty and Tick get, you know, bounce back a little bit by Hippolyta. You see her finding some answers about George and finding answers for herself. Um and then the rest of the episode is it's all about this beautiful black 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 woman. I myself having watched the episode twice, I loved it. I thought it was a beautiful movie um uh, episode especially um timely for the time that we are in for the messages that it sends about um black women and their reconciling with their place in the world and the the image that they uh, have of themselves. I thought when Ruby's talks about how she allowed herself to shrink and become small and to have people put like almost like this invisible noose around her neck, I thought it was like just a fantastic piece of writing and acting by Anjanu um, Ellis. Um, I love the person who played uh, Josephine Baker because she was spot on yeah. with Josephine Baker. And did you notice that um, well, Frida Kahlo was in there as well? Sure I mean, did. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. And, oh, and, yeah. Ru- and Ruby was messed and uh, not Ruby. Um, Hippolyta. Uh, 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 Hippolyta was me- or was uh, making out with her too. I'm like, yo, I was with it. I was, I was with this episode from start to finish. I loved her reconciling with George. I loved um, just and, and them going into like this whole like crazy 50s starship, you know, like f- fantasy that if you notice match the designs that Diana had written, uh, mm-hmm. drawn uh, for the for her um, comics. Arinthia. I love everything about this. It was go. It was so dope. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was not boring to me at all. Well, I mean, it wasn't boring once you got to that part. You know what I mean? I mean, again, I just feel like not that I didn't care about the things that those little snippets gave us, but it broke up the story that I came to see too much. Mm. Like I came anticipating this whole Hippolyta tale, just like, you know, we got all that time with Tick in Korea. It's like I thought we were going to get time with her as she journeys from from place to place, from earth to earth or whatever it is. Um, and, And again, her thing just felt rushed. So I just I feel like I was bored from most of it because it wasn't what I was wanting to see at the time. Right. Not that I didn't care, but that's not what I tuned in for last night. And then we only get a snippet. It felt like of the story I actually wanted to see. 
And I did. I really did love the actress that played Josephine Baker, and and I love the actress that played the um the, the Amazon warrior African. Oh no, the, okay. The, yes, the, she was the, great. The intelligence, the being. No, no, not the, the no, afro. not the being with the afro. The one that was teaching her to fight when they were like the all women army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She, she, the Amazon. Yeah, like the yeah. Amazon type thing, and she definitely felt like um, Antope to me, mm-hmm. which I loved, which is uh, Wonder Woman's aunt in the movie, and yeah, I just, I was like, I like this whole vibe. When she said, what, you're screaming won't help you here, you're not making a baby, you're in a fucking fight. <laughs> I was like, I love that! <laughs> like, you're, we're fighting. Um, I don't, and that was just a really um, powerful scene for me, and of course, when they, you know, because that comes on the tail end of when she's talking to Josephine Baker. And I thought their conversation was beautiful when she's like, some nights I feel like a star and she's like ancient mm-hmm. and already extinguished. And, yeah. I was Oof. like, and already extinguished. And I was like, that that was crazy. And then when Hippolyte is talking about her hate and sometimes wanting to kill white people and then that's and then it, the next yeah. scene. Right. That's who she's going to war with. They're, it's like these black women, you know, fighting these white men. Yeah, um, Confederate uh, soldiers. Yeah, uh, uh, Gwen yeah. 1973 says, I thought it was a great message of women empowerment. And Aaron Fry says, did she kill Robert E. Lee in that fight, fight scene? I actually wor- wondered about that too, Aaron. I don't know if, if, if it was um, ever said that was Robert E. Lee, but you definitely know that they were Confederate soldiers, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because it... And she... Go, oh, go ahead. Ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and she brought new light or new meaning to... Don't make me knock your fucking head off. <laughs> she knocked his head off. I said, you know how many black women have threatened to knock you? It's like, don't make me knock your fucking head off. And she did it. So she, she, we should all exalt her for that reason. It's like, she did that shit. She did it. <laughs> IRL, right? <laughs> yeah, well, with the, the, the Confederate soldiers, it just, it brought me back to, um, chick's book uh i'm totally blanking on the name of it the the one with the princess the oh um uh, oh, uh princess of princess, mars uh john carpenter yeah john, john carter. carter and the princess of mars princess yeah because he had that whole like conversation like you know he was a confederate soldier and now he's right. fighting and we have to pick our you know what our heroes are but then she was she was in there she was fighting um and and i i I was reading some some articles, and I feel like everyone missed the the fact that they are Amazonian warriors. Like they were mm-hmm. very clearly like this is Hippolyta, <laughs> you know. And I was like, I was like, look at these strong, beautiful, muscular women just kicking ass. I was like, that was like so exciting. Like as soon as we get to to uh, Hippolyta's story, I really was enjoying all of it and all of the the imagery and you know like it. it when we are kind of talking about her easy drive too, um, like in this show, she wasn't allowed to go on the drives uh, alone or to do that research. Whereas in the book she was. And so she was already kind of independent and there was that. But when she has that conversation with George, where she's like, you not only allowed me to make myself small, but like you encouraged that. It's like, he wasn't like comfortable with her going out, but clearly she's able to do that. Like she's able to go out. Mm -hmm. She's traveled to the place that he got killed in and came out untouched. Right. And that she can come here. Um, I felt like every kind of monologue was beautifully done and I felt it like incredibly. I really, really loved just Baker. I loved like how, um, again, how human it was like her kind of fumbling around when she first gets on the stage and she's like <laughs> like in the yeah, outfit like yeah. I don't know but like in love with Josephine right and just like kind of in awe of that like it's such an honest thing that like because it very easily could have just been like she knows the moves and she can do it and like you know but it was about her kind of experiencing this awe and being put into that um, getting a good laugh when they all took off the, <laughs> the top and she was like yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> <Not this." laughs> um, and kind of just like enjoying herself and like the evolution of her kind of discovering and you know like I am George's wife and then like putting us back to the moment when we first met her which was that like very intimate moment with George that you know kind of started my love for her as a character and for them as a couple too um, was really nice to kind of get back to and then her like taking on the the embodiment of Arinthia Blue um, which is 
designed after her, obviously. Because, uh, right. like, without saying it, like, she was like, you know, I am George's wife. And I was like, the next one is going to be I am Diana's mom. Because that's, like, a that's who she is, too. And um, her kind of coming to that was, like, really refreshing. Especially knowing that next episode we're going to get a lot of Diana and and... and she'll be encountering similar things to what Horace, right? That's his name, Horace, um, from the book encountered. Um, but like with added things in it because they left the comic book in the blood. And it's also like what with the, the thing closed and the machine off, it's like, what's going to happen? Where does she end up? Where do we go from here? Right. Why didn't she come out? Right. Will she come out later? Because right. it seemed like she was spending a lot of time in a lot yeah. of places. Yeah. So I don't know if Tick was like a one and done and hopped back out. But yeah, like if and when. Yeah. Who knows? Beyonce like, said her. that she would be able to come out. They said we can put you right back in your time because you need, like she said, she needs to be there. <laughs> oh, wait. Is that what you're calling the robot? That's, no, that's what her name is. <laughs> her name in it's... the credits is Serafina, a.k.a. Beyond, and then say as in in French C apostrophe E S T Beyonce. I have to go back and look at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I read I read it too. I was like, oh my God, that's so good. Um very uh when I saw it I was like, oh it looks like Garnet. <laughs> Stephen right. Universe. I, I I thought that too. She did look like Garnet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, heck yeah, on um, spaceship Crystal Gems coming in. Let's do it. <laughs> I thought I love that too. Uh Gwen says she loves the dialogue that she had with George at that moment and yeah I I loved everything uh, uh, about that moment I also loved and um, I, I'm, I'm curious Gabe you, you may have read the same article I read because I read the uh, recap from Vulture and they talked about this line she says uh, now that I'm tasting about it, the air fryer? freedom like I've never known before I see what I was robbed of back there mm -hmm. um, talking about her 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 life from before um and i thought that was like i mean there was just so many great lines in this in this episode um the other one when she talks about how she needs to go home to diana she tells uh beyonce how could i fit in everything that i am now into that place talking about the life that she had mm -hmm. but she realizes she has to do that because she is like you said diana's mother um and you know as as much as she appreciated this and she's going back a fully formed and changed person she wants to share that with diana because mm -hmm. she she realized yeah. that's her that's her role now i i, I and and how many i i watched that especially have, after watching that a second time and wondered how many black women have been in that similar role where they have had dreams had you know a direction they wanted to see their life go in for one reason or another they don't go that way and then when you reach a point at your age where you think maybe I can experience a little bit more of it, but no, I've got another responsibility that I got to take care of. And they, and they do that. They man up and do that. Now they, they do try up. and find a way to do both, but you know, but they, but they, but they put that first, you know, and it wouldn't have been very easy for her to just stay there where she was, where she could have been with George. She could have been with a George who finally accepts her and sees her, you know? She could have said, oh, Diana is with Ruby and Letty and Tick and they'll take care of her. And she's, you know, she's 13 years old. She's soon, she'll be out of the house soon anyway. But no, she knew she had to go back there for her daughter. And, um, you know, I, 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 I wasn't bored. No, I mean, I thought all of that, that was very beautiful. And I think like a lot of the conversations kind of like when you look back at the, the series so far, whenever Hippolyte is there, like she really is grossly like underestimated. Like, mm -hmm. and like, I mean, we knew she was intelligent. We knew she was like a nerd and she had um, this, you know, quirkiness to her, but it was still like, like no, no one was letting her in on anything. Right. Like they were right. really just like keeping her in the dark 
in this this guise of like we're gonna protect her she can't do anything mm-hmm. about it and then we have this like whole montage of her you know beautiful minding it with like the <laughs> the meme of the things in her face all the mathematical equations i was like she don't even got a calculator <laughs> Right, exactly, right? Right. She's not even doing that on paper. Yeah, like, oh, just... She's serious. She know all she the She just man. looked off. I was like, where's that? What are you looking at? Oh. <laughs> as soon as the machine cut on, she was like, all right, axis, gravity, rotation. And she started rattling stuff off. 433, da 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 And she started plugging it in. I'm like, oh, yeah. she's for real. Like, she don't yeah. just read this on Saturday mornings. Like, she bout this light. Yeah. She found a comet as a child. Exactly. So, yeah, she's totally about it. Yeah. But can we talk about what this device is? So, like, if this Ori is the key to the quote-unquote time machine, which is not exactly a time machine, but it can take you to, I guess, access any other planet in the multiverse or any other life of your own in the multiverse. Um, But if this is, you know, a device of the guy, was it, what, Ephraim? Winthrop. 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 No, because the... I think the Ori was actually well in the in the uh, show Horatio Winthrop. Yes, okay, yeah. Because well, before we answer the question of of what the machine is, though, do you think that Winthrop is is guiding her? Because remember when she's in the house, the door to the room with the Ori in it opens, almost like he knew that she'd be the one to crack it because even the Ori itself was a puzzle mm-hmm. and it wasn't, it wasn't right. until she corrected them on their axis that it even opened up. So do you think again, because remember I'm still wondering what his game is because when he definitely killed at least one of those, those intruders and he got rid of the bodies, he put them in the basement so that when the police came or whatever, there were not dead white men in the house. Right. And then he right. shows the, you know, basically gives the or um, where did the or Ori Ori. To, Ori to Hippolyta? So what I wonder, like, what is this dead man's game? Mm-hmm. Because he's helping them, mm. and he he hasn't where he hasn't done anything that would hinder them from like discovering his secrets. He's helping them and, and right. helping cover up, you know, again bodies in the house. I I just thought that was significant. Um, but yeah, so that was all. Just wanted to like throw it out there because I'm. It's just so in my head. It's like, what's his end game? Why did he want her to find that machine? So what? Like, what else is there? Something else? Like, because again, we didn't see her come out. So is she going to discover? Because she could still discover somebody else mm-hmm. in that world, or that that has a you know can tell us something about what's going on in Earth six one six, if you will. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> Well, the way I was leaning is I was going to question is if Winthrop used the device, does he go to the same place? Does he see the same beings? Everybody went somewhere different. Tick didn't go there and they didn't see that cop again either. They threw him in because I can't imagine Winthrop goes to this place and bangs it out with this chick with the app Beyonce and be like, yo, let me go see my life when remember that time. So I, I, I can't I'm trying to imagine like what is this thing and where is it that people get routed to individually when we both go in together or you know what I mean? Like that, this nexus like that. Spot. Yeah. I think it's all it's well in the, so in the book it, it was different worlds. Cause she does knock a, a, a officer or somebody into a, like a world. And it was like scary. It was like molten mm. lava or something like it was, it was scary. And like, clearly he was not going to survive. And it was like lucky that she ended up in a place that she could survive. Um, and that mm-hmm. story was like, wild but that was like she intentionally went to a place in the in the book because it was written down and she was visiting a place that with was it winthrop's winthrop's uh had visited like that was his place um this is like these are dimensions and so it does it, it was random because they had just hit it so it wasn't as intentional as i think she was supposed to do because like they interfered so that one guy got kind of left and it looked like there was it was like a red molten place that he got tossed into and then she got sucked into it but i think her journey was all um because in the multiverse you have infinite possibilities infinite worlds so with it being infinite anything can happen you can imagine any worlds in which you did x y and z and now that world does exist and you can go and inhabit it and so that's what she did i don't know if the rest like if everyone else 
understood that or just ended up in a random dimension of which they didn't have any control and just kind of had to deal with it um or like ariel is saying if there is kind of this kind of you know uh oz behind the big curtain that is controlling what happens to this family specifically because clearly atticus got something out of it too and so it's like but the white guy did not like (laughs) i do not think he's anywhere that is sustainable or good for his health um (laughs) like at all so it's like clearly something is being orchestrated also like with like we knew from was it episode two that his his ancestor what was her name uh hannah Hannah had the book like the whole book right and then finally they figured it out that she had the whole book right but i'm like how did the that house not acknowledge that they had the whole book and that people are looking for that whole book in in hannah like why doesn't christina know that so a piece of me feels like maybe winthrop knew they had the book and they are a part of this and like mm. is kind of like doing that because it just seems weird to me that the rest of the lodges don't know that the entire book exists because Tick says it like she's looking for pages and we're going to find the whole damn book like right. like we get a leg up on her but why how do we have a leg up on her all oh! of a sudden <laughs> I think I, I just thought about something that might not be a thing but it could be so if Hippolyta's still there right or, and they and they keep talking about uh, oh, that went up in Tulsa. Tulsa's on fire. Tulsa, Tulsa. Now she's in this place where she can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. So are mm. we going to see? Are we going to see her, or or is something going to happen that's going to lead us back to the machine for Tick to go to Tulsa and try to get the book before it is destroyed? If it in, if it in fact did get destroyed in the massacre. So that maybe that's why. And maybe Winthrop knows that. And so it's like to get the book, they have to have the key. They have to get the aura. They have to they have to have someone who understands how it works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, again, like I do really think that he wanted her to have that device. Yeah. Like he knew what she was capable of. So, yeah, there's definitely something going on. Yeah. there Because it, it's like it's. Yeah, and it'll have to be them coming back because she don't know nothing. Like, now Tick has to explain, like, clearly, you know, magic exists. Also, I got these weird birthmarks. Like, we got to put our heads together. I realize now that you're a genius. And now I got a book that your dead husband wrote. (laughs) Yeah, listen, (laughs) you might have ran across him and he might have told a few secrets. Uh, (laughs) See, what happened was, uh, (laughs) and I think, like, if we could get to that point, like, if we're spent, we're wasted time reconciling <laughs> we could waste some time reconciling with Hippolyta uh to to get some answers because like yeah they really were diminishing her like she really was small like it, yeah. with her having this intelligence and having this experience in, in this history why <laughs> why aren't we asking her for all the answers <laughs> That's like right. at the beginning because she got it she busy she got to she got to make George's dinner she got to wash mm-hmm. these clothes she got to do all these <laughs> yeah. things. Well, it, so I need me a wife. So you can't be sitting here saving the world. Yeah. I need dinner. You, and you know what I think is also interesting? So in in the Amazon-like world, um, and the commander is like basically saying, it's like, you know, they they tell you you have freedom, but what do you have freedom to do to cook their food, to raise their children? To like mm-hmm. to and and it was weird because listening to it, it was like I can't tell if they're talking about white people or men. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so and and so it's like so wait, who who are we talking about? Who is your oppressor? And then it's like it's both. And but then still at the end of that, after she kills one oppressor, right? Then she then she claims, then she names herself. I'm George's wife. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I I think I think that's significant too because it's like well. Again, because you you are kind of a slave to both, right? But you you're realizing it's like again you 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 know when to to heal, you know when to destroy, and so she knew one enemy she had to destroy, and she reconciled with George. George apologized mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. making her feel small, and then she took him on a journey, right. and then she became the discoverer. So I just thought that whole that was like a scene of reconciliation from moving from this place of anger and her deciding it's like what you, you know when you know when to kill you know when to create which is i think does frida kahlo say frida kahlo is the person that says that i, I think believe. so yeah yes yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's which, yeah which i thought was like you know again that's we're seeing that play out you know as she continues her journey yeah 
but that also made good sense because if you follow her journey, she first goes to like accepting herself, right? To being quote unquote really free, which is I just just like being grown without mm-hmm. being, right? <laughs> You get to hang out every night. You're an artist. You're a performer. Smoking. Drink, drugs, yeah, you see her taking them drugs. Night. Exactly. <laughs> Chilling, right? So you grown with no kids. That's what you got to live, right? So you got to experience that. But then you realize the anger and how you felt from before. And then you said, I just want to kill white men. And then after she learned how to fight, then she had the strength to confront her husband with her feelings. And I think that was the hardest maybe struggle for yeah. her, you know, even harder than the fighting. And, you know, just being grown and in, 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 in yourself and being uh, free to live and enjoy and be what you want to be. You know, I'm a dancer. I'm kissing this one. I'm kissing that one. It doesn't matter. I can do whatever. It's France. Nobody cares. But you still have those internal things that you had to deal with. She dealt with that. And then that gave her the strength to go talk to George and, and overcome that thing and, and confront him and say, yeah, so what I've been trying to say for the last 10, 15 years is that I feel small and you're contributing right. to that. Right. Right. Um, I, I don't really. I, was that really fair? I don't. I like. I. I. I it, it looks pretty obvious, but well, I don't that, know. that's the I, thing. It, that's the thing I about it. It's not. It, it. It looks obvious because you've been allowed a window into her world, and you can see where where her like you just you just showed exactly where her mind was coming to that point. So it seems obvious. But in that moment, I think it's very telling that when she says she remembers that she's George's wife, we return to the first time we meet them in the, in the first episode. They're, they're in bed. We basically return to that very moment. So where, remember how we felt. That was like just this loving moment between this, this man and this woman. You know what I mean? It was great to see, you know, black love on screen. It was great to see black you know love that were older people in love still being sexual you know still being attracted to one another and everything like that but now this this episode turns that on its ear a little bit because george does not have any um uh 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 bad intentions about anything that he is doing to uh Hippolyta. He has absolutely no bad intentions. All right. Um, he, but he's he's forced to reconcile with, even though I don't have bad intentions. Yeah, I guess I was being, you know, unconsciously, you know, selfish in keeping the road to myself because that was my avenue outside of this world. That was my my moment to be who I wanted to be because I knew that you were here, you know, taking care of my world. And, uh, he had, he has to confront that within himself. And that's a hard, you know, thing for her to do. Like you said, E, because she realizes he didn't have any bad intentions. She realizes this man 100% loves her. And she realizes that, you know, as much as, he enjoys maybe getting away, you know, from from uh, the house on on the road. There is also a very sincere part of him that doesn't want her to go because of fear for her safety. So uh, it, that is a hard pill for him to swallow, and it is a hard hard medicine for her to dole out for him to him. But it she has to do it to in order to cross the threshold to becoming. Hippolyta, the discoverer that she really was meant to be. Yeah, I really, really loved their conversation because um, yeah, it's like a, like you said, Len. It's it's impact over intent, right? Like, and I feel like he really took it pretty well. Like when she explains, like, like <laughs> kind of off screen, but explains like there are multiple dimensions. I am from a different <laughs> one. I traveled here, and he just like he's like. Okay, yeah, like if my wife, who's a freaking genius, said this, uh, yeah, I believe you, hun. Like you could tell they're nerds together, and that right. he he fully yeah. believes and tra- like she's not gonna fuck around with him <laughs> and tell some crazy story. Yeah, she wasn't and, just and telling the story. Re- she said like the multi war. No, I was oh, gonna say, and we have to remember who George is because as they're being chased by the sh- Shuggas, he's like, mm, like Dracula. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He fa- he might have pulled out a notebook and been thinking off like, wait a minute, let me think about this lore. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, so I think for for her to uh, 
explain this thing that would seem far out. You've seen those movies where one spouse is seemingly crazy and mm -hmm. it's like, Please, sweetie, I just need you to believe me. And they're like, I believe you. And then they call the doctor. Yeah. It's like, George, <laughs> and then it's like, no, it's like, George is going to be that ride or die. Like my baby said it. Yeah. I my baby. You know yeah. what I mean? And <laughs> so I, I really love his answer with it when he's like, so you're telling like, I believe you that you've traveled and there's multi dimensions and, and out of all of them, you still named yourself my wife. And then, of course, she turns mm. around like, all right, but well, hold on. <laughs> she's like, right. she's like, like yeah, I, I need to tell yeah. you something real quick, bro. Well, hold on. Let yeah. me finish. And I, I thought that was like, because it was like, it was kind of like a cute George thing to say, too. Mm -hmm. um, but he totally was like, he was like, oh, no, okay, sitting up. <laughs> sitting up. We're, <laughs> we're putting on our listening face. And, right. you know, uh, and, and really, like, listened and, and heard her out in, in, it is it is a tough pill to swallow to think like how you how you honestly care and and devote your life to this person like he I have no doubt that that he loves her no matter what like the the other love of his past who may or may not be Tick's mom uh from the house like even then he was like I got a whole other life now like yeah you, you know and and so I think uh I just really loved like Ariel was saying, like that it wasn't that cliche, I'm not going to believe you or that cliche, like I'm going to fight back and be like, you know, I'm not in the wrong. I didn't mean it. So, you know, like you, you made yourself small. Like, why'd you let me do that? It wasn't that. It was, no, yeah. you're right. Uh, and that was my bad. And now we can like fix it. And that's like the only reason why she was able to even think to grab his, his hand and like take him on that journey to the world that their child created. And like, I, yeah, I just it made me really appreciate George as a person uh, and really miss him. Like as soon as he showed, I was like, oh, George, <laughs> George, we miss mm. you. Um, and then when she like went to grab his hand, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Are we going to is he coming? Do we get yeah, this, George? Yeah, I thought that, too. Right. And we might still see, like the energy kind of like wrap around them. I'm like, oh, she's going to pull George back. Yeah, Look, that's what we need. Well, that would have worked, right? Cause I'm like, that should work. My wife was like, no, nah, he's dead. I'm like, but he's alive here. And Tick mm -hmm. brought a book back. Right. George ain't right yeah. there where he from. He brought back that book right. though. I think that should have worked. She might be going back for, for uh, George yeah. and then bringing him. Cause just because I'm going home don't mean I have mm -hmm. to go alone. Maybe. Uh, Gwen 1973 says, I think that if she would have talked to George about the way she felt, he would have understood and tried to give her what she wanted. I think mm -hmm. She's and, and and maybe she maybe she would have, but Hippolyta at that moment was not the Hippolyta who realized realized how small she had made herself. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So she wouldn't have thought right. to do that. She would she was probably definitely probably like frust feeling frustration and anger, but probably couldn't even even put words to it. I think mm -hmm. the journey is what allowed her to put the words to it. And Nerd Soul uh, okay. let us know that he's joining us. He fell asleep, but he's here now. So what's up, <laughs> hey. Nerd Soul? What's up, dog? Hey, you got the lines on yeah. your face, little boy. <laughs> All right, but what next, right? So Hippolyta comes home, maybe, if and when, at some point. What's next? Does she try to take the travel guide national, right? <laughs> Does she try to invent the internet? <laughs> like, what is Hippolyta about to do next? Right? Because Hippolyta is not about to just sit back in her life oh, and be the mom, right? She's like, I got the travel guide now, right? I'm the captain now. I'm the, I'm driving Woody. So what's next for Hippolyta? That's what I need yeah. to know. That's what we all need to I know. got questions. What's next? Well, I mean, maybe, right, maybe we'll we don't even need oh, Uncle George, right? Like, because that's, a, like, Uncle George was the one who was figuring it out. She don't need him, but she wants him. Yeah. That's but I'm difference. saying, like, as a team, right? Like, because Uncle George had a lot of the answers. Like, he's the one who figured out, like, we could use this book as a tool. Like, he was the one who would have propelled the story forward. And that's why Tick is, like, trying to throw it together. But maybe we don't need Uncle George and we're waiting for his resurrection. What we really need is Hippolyta to know what the F is going on so she can help and contribute because she's a fucking genius. Right. And he's over there, like, putting her in this little box, make me some breakfast. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, and, and the other thing is we have to still remember that um, Letty thinks she's keeping Ruby in the dark. 
not knowing that Ruby's on her own medical journey and oh, Ruby hasn't true. come mm-hmm. and Ruby hasn't come out and told Letty like, look, yo, I can turn to this white lady. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. So, so like they're all keeping their secrets. So I think maybe next episode we might get some movement on that because Ruby hears Letty talking to Tick about the Ori and the fact that he can teleport. Apollo to, it's on, her on way his there. way there, and then he teleported. <laughs> he <laughs> called night. He called Nightcrawler. Like, yo, can you come get me? Right, teleport. Can you come get me? Poof. Yeah. So now, is Ruby keeping that information to herself? Is she giving that to Christina? Is she just trying to catch Letty in something? Is she trying to get herself in deeper with these magic well, chronicles? I don't think, What's Ruby's I don't think angle? Ruby's going to give Christina anything readily because she especially now doesn't trust her. Mm-hmm. I mean, because because even I remember when we talked before about William and the fact that Christina said William always liked uh, strong women or something, mm-hmm. some kind of uh, tough women. And... You said that you, uh, Gabe, you thought that maybe it was more William talking through Christina, but then Christina tells us this episode, they were coming out of William's mouth, but they, those were my words. Mm-hmm. So it's, so again, now it's bringing up like, what is their relationship? Like, what is it? What is Christina? Again, she always has an ulterior motive, so we don't fully trust her, but there, I do feel like there is something between, or at least for her, how she feels and or... Uh, thinks about Ruby in a sense. Yeah, I don't think Ruby like I don't think Ruby is on board willingly cuz I mean even in the in the beginning when she agrees to watch Diana uh is like I'm sorry to like put you out and like all that and she's like no, I needed to get away from where I was. Like I needed to get right. out of that house. And like w- even without like telling us and he, and they kind of like skirt around it cuz you know uh uh Letty remarks on it being a white man uh and then they <laughs> tease about <laughs> Tick not having a job. Oh, because she was yeah, yeah. Like, where's your, where's your white boy? Uh, it turns out it was a white girl. So, <laughs> so remember, you just had a. So that's why I had to get away. Yeah. Got to think about so, some things. A lot of self-realization happening in this episode. But yeah, I think, and I don't think that her and Letty's like reconciliation is inauthentic. I think that was really genuine. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I loved it. I felt like it was, is like it was very big of Letty to come in and just be like, no, you. That was. Hundred like everyone would just like own their shit <laughs> this episode, which yeah. was nice. Like, um, you know, except for Montrose. And as soon as like they had this right. scene and he was like getting breakfast, and I was just like, No, <laughs> you're still not allowed to have this. <laughs> I'm mad about it. Like, no heavily yeah, wrapped. He gets bacon. No good I was like, no. <laughs> it's like, no. Montrose <laughs> need a rag. Yeah. Wow. What? Stop it. He ain't paid Stop. yet. He ain't paid. He has not paid yet. Yeah. You gonna pay what you owe. I mean, but the man get the man gave him like like runny grits. I mean, that's pay that's a payback. Oh, no, okay, not well, for I don't murdering. No. I don't I don't know how grits are supposed to be served. They ain't supposed eat, to come. Cause, they cause, ain't supposed to look listen, like soup. Cause I don't eat grits, but all I know is that you got a motherfucker in your house making your raggedy ass breakfast and they had to go shopping because all you had in the house was alcohol and you ain't got you ain't said no thank you you just complaining like when when sammy said next you're gonna complain is the coffee way it's like exactly <laughs> yeah. i would have i would yes. knocked all yep. that stuff off the table i said well then you feed yourself then i'm out it's like i i don't want sammy to give montrose too many chances because he don't know how to act mm-hmm. and we don't have time for it he, and, he said he was sorry he under he sees he, he, he He's, he's still dealing with stuff. He's still dealing, you know? He don't want people to find out. Excuse. I know, but you don't get to railroad over the people that you, you love because you dealing with your shit. I mean, that's why your relationship with Tick is so bad. Mm-hmm. Because instead of dealing with your shit, you are beating the hell out of your son, mm-hmm. right? And you may have irrevocably damaged that relationship and now here's a man that you love and you just, you just fucking around with him too. And, and then like eventually people get tired. And it's like, I understand you're dealing with your shit, and I'm going to let you deal with it, but I got to go. Yeah. Like, I can't. We don't got I, time I, for that. I, I don't need dealing to with be that here shit. for it. I don't need to be That's here. It's not my job. Uh, Nerd Soul says you it's eat all grits yours. with butter and sugar, Eric. Uh-uh. Savory grits. Oh, sh- sugar, Lynn? Sugar? Yeah, when well, you want diabetes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that... That's like... Yeah, you don't got... Yeah, everybody put sugar on everything. You don't need sugar on grits. Yeah, butter. you don't really need sugar. It's, it's savory. Maple syrup. People yeah. get a free well, like that. I don't eat grits because I don't like wet oats. So I don't eat grits at all. 
I want. I actually won fun. grits as a, a door prize at a carnival, and I cried all the way home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't like grits. I was a little kid, but you could have just left them. Kid though, and so it was just like I just felt like my world. Oh, just the worst was, prize yes. ever. Oh, gift to me something I hate. Like, yeah. you suck. That's like in socks. First of Christmas. all, that's the worst carnival ever. What carnival gives you grits as a grit? That's like that house that gives you apples. The Uncle Ben Fair. Uncle Ben Fair. It, it, was, it was a black event. It was a black event, and I guess they thought oh, they do tell. some grits. I don't know. Oh, they said grits. Did they have some fat fat too? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Get away from it. All right, next we got these pig feet. <laughs> who is giving on for the who got the who got the giveaway for the pig feet? Second prize is a plate for the grits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh, so said as the broken fair. <laughs> What you had to do to get it? Was, what it was, was just a ticket, like, and they called numbers. <laughs> oh, it was a raffle? It was a raffle for grits? <laughs> a raffle? How much was the ticket? Was it 50 cents? I, I was a kid. I don't, it was many years ago. Oh, you had something like, for the raffle? I got these grits. Oh, you mean to raffle off these grits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and donate as many grits as y'all need. I just for your raffle, y'all go ahead I remember and that event plug though. my business I remember in. that event, though, because I was so heartbroken. Like, you don't understand. Like, it stuck with me. I, I cried all the way home and, and probably got in trouble knowing my mother. It's like, she probably smacked me for crying. Yeah. <laughs> Give me something like, to cry about. George Kimona says the second the prize was broccoli. <laughs> you imagine kids up there just holding their box of grits. Frozen broccoli, the thaw, oh. just defrosted, oh, just all thawed out. Oh, oh God, thank you. Oh my thank God, thank you so much. Because like, <laughs> just imagine, right? Some people go their whole life and never win nothing. <laughs> you nine at a carnival, and your mom give you a ticket. Mom, can I have two? Can I have three? No, you got one ticket, and they call your number and you win. And you get up there, and the only thing you don't eat as a kid is grits. And guess what they done gave you a big old box of? Yo, that is some shit. That is some shit. I'm sorry. That, that's some shit. Oh, shit. It is. That is. That's, some, that's, that's some as a kid, shit. you start thinking back, like, what I do? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to get mad. What you mean you going to give me grits? I ain't hungry. We ain't, we ain't poor. Yeah. What Excuse you talking about? You. Like, we got food. So, what is so this? when I go, when I I go on my Hippolyta journey, I'll go back to that <laughs> moment, and I will rectify the grit situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to smack them grits out their heads. I don't like grits. Oh, my God. Like, I don't want grits. I want to kill grits. <laughs> I want to kill grits now. That's what I want to go do. I want to go to a planet where grits are invading so I can kill all the grits. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, yeah, oh, that, that'll work. That's a, that's a visit and a half. Oh, God. Just oh, <laughs> rectify the grits. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. Oh. Well, any last words? <laughs> Oh, I do want to say, so, I mean, this is, I, I hate to even call it like an Easter egg, but they, when the kids are playing um, cards with Letty, uh, one of the kids says, you know, when's Bobo back from his trip? Because he already, he knows how to play. So we, I don't know if, if we're going to follow, you know, yeah. Emmett's story at all in the episodes, but they have let us know that, like, you know, that's the last time we're going to see him. Or, you know, we are, we're not going to see him again, which, you know, I just made note of because mm-hmm. especially like we're coming up on the anniversary, well, we, I mean, we the did. anniversary pass of the the acquittal of his murderers on the same day of, of Breonna the, Taylor. the acquittal of Breonna Taylor's murderers. So just kind of, you know, oh, that's yeah, the same day, same yeah, same, 65, same day, day, 65 yeah. years apart, apart. Wow. So yeah. just kind of, you know, again, and we're talking about you know, Lovecraft Country and just the horrors of racism and we're still there, we're still in it. You know, we're still in a horror story right this very second, you know. 
So yeah. it's um, just very sobering. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Hearing that, I was like, okay, we can't get a break <laughs> to have. It. And it's like, you know, they made this not knowing that that's going to premiere on the day that, you know, they'd have an episode featuring that quote. And then also a black women empowerment uh, focused episode on like right after an event like that. Like who would ever know that that's right. something that would happen? Amen. Um, <clears throat> a, a little bit on a lighter note, Melissa G says, uh, I'm trying not to wake my neighbors. Damn these grits. We'll do it to you every time. Now um, I really want grits. I do too. Now God, I'm like you, craving it. I do. And I'm, I'm, Damn I'm, it. Oh I just got a whole new box. <laughs> like, yeah. like a few hours before this started. <laughs> I went shopping. Now we know what to get Ariel for Christmas. Yes, not, please wants don't. To send, please don't send your grits to a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House. No coffee and coffee house. Twenty five seventy eight Frankfort Avenue. I said I wasn't going to give the address. <laughs> Amalgam grits and coffee house. Amalgam grits and coffee. Grits and coffee house. Oh my God. House of grits. Oh Come and get it. That would be so funny. All right. Um, this has been fun Uh, we will be back next week ladies and gentlemen Um, but before we go I want to let you know that if you uh, like uh, this lady right here Gabe the horror triple you can check her out and her friend the cat on the girl ghouls next door podcast available everywhere you find podcasts Uh, new episodes new episodes go out on Tuesdays and uh, we were on break but we come back next week so tune in on Tuesday we're also on YouTube there you go and and check her out on on YouTube as well and you can always if you want send your grits over to this lady (laughs) Ariel you can find her at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House here in Philadelphia go to AmalgamPhilly.com to Get all of your comic book and geek item uh, needs served by the best comic book store in the world. All right. Check her out there. All right. Uh, We will return next week. But if you have any thoughts in uh, that you want to send to us, please feel free to email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. You can always like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all the social media at Black Tribbles. Next week, we were, we're calling through uh, some of our past episodes. People have been leaving um, leaving comments on the shows and leaving, leave, uh, leaving us some thoughts. So we're, I'm going to go through a bunch of them and see... Uh, if there are any questions that we need to answer at the top of the show next week, uh, ladies. So that should be fun. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, thank you each and every one of you for checking us out on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, Robert Monroe is making grits for coffee for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> Everything's coffee. And uh, nerd soul says those grits are coming Ariel. So look out for them in, in, in the mail um for the uncanny triple for the horror triple for the master triple for the bat triple for everybody out there in triple nation please keep your mask up be safe be good to one another and until next week in parting we say here's to girls like us who know when to create and when to destroy them grits (laughs) (laughs) good night everybody peace we're gonna run to...